my boy, I'm a uh, I'm a huge fan of the Colin Cowherd show. Yeah, you know, even if I can't catch it on TV, you know, I listen to the podcast. I'm a big fan of Colin. A lot of people don't like Colin, you know, but Colin cool. Colin, Colin keep cool. it raw. Yeah, yeah, he do. Colin keep it raw, he and do. I think he like the ultimate fan. Like he say what fans say in their living room while they watching the game. He say what. We you stay know. here on the sports desk. Yeah, yeah, he just raw. Yeah, yeah he yeah, raw. Yeah. Yeah. Great comparison. Yeah, sports yeah. desk and, uh, and, and the Colin <laughs> Cowherd show. Maybe one day we'll be on FS1 right along the side of Cowherd. But he was saying something the other day, man. And um, I wish Fred was here for this particular point. I know you're going to feel the way too, but he made a big, big point about who could have the potential number one overall pick. Uh, going into uh 2021 season, mm-hmm. as we've been saying all along, tank for Trevor Jags, Jags tank for Trevor. Yeah, and um, he said, and I'm just gonna read off the schedule of the New England Patriots. Colin Cowherd believes that the New England Patriots could potentially have the number one overall number one or number two overall pick next year to grab Lawrence or Fields. Now when you hear that black out top of your head, no way the Patriots go two and 14, three and 13, not even four and 12. At, yeah. at bare minimum, you would think the New England New England Patriots would go, I don't know, what, eight and eight? Yeah, I I still had them finishing second in a division. Second in a second in a division. Yeah. Me too. I, I I would think that too. I got Buffalo taking it. But um Right. So I'm going to read the schedule off. Now, the New England Patriots have the second toughest schedule in the league this year. In the league this year. So Mm. here we go. They got the Dolphins to open up the season in New England. They could win that game. Yeah. They could start off 1-0. Maybe. Maybe. Dolphins really? Yeah, they coming. But a lot of inexperience with that team. So I'm just going to read off the next eight games. Okay? Okay. At Seattle. Las Vegas Raiders at Kansas City, at Denver, San Francisco comes to town, at Buffalo, at Jets, at Ravens. Yeah. So that just read off six. I went, I just read off the next seven games. Now those 17, Seahawks, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Niners, Bills, and Jets, and Ravens. How many games do you think the Patriots are gonna win out of those seven? Out of those seven. Out of those seven, yeah. I think they get the Raiders. Okay. I think they get the Jets. Okay. <laughs> um, I think they get Miami. The first game of the year? Oh, oh the first game of the year, yeah. I think they okay, get Miami okay, the first okay. game of the year. What that game at? In New England? In New England, first yeah, game I of the year. I think they get that one. Okay. That's three, right? That's three wins. Who? Uh, Jets. Who else you? Ravens. I, the Ravens. Buffalo. 49ers. At Denver. At Kansas City. They never win in Denver. Never. Even before Peyton. That's it, bro. That's it. Three. Those three games. So we potentially looking at a three and five New England Patriots team during the first half of their schedule. Now I'm about to run off the second half. Here we go. Houston. At Houston. Arizona comes to New England. At Chargers. At Rams, at Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets to close out the season. Okay, I'm a uh, I'm a go. They get new. I'm a go. They get Houston. The, at Houston? Yeah, I'm okay. a go. They get Houston. Okay. 
Um, Arizona? They lose to Arizona. The Chargers? They lose to the Chargers. Oh. Mm-mm. With Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback, they'll beat the Chargers. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If he's the quarterback. Not that defense. Don't forget that defense who so was coming back. Ingram, Bosa, Derwin. Yours, the guy who you said is the best corner in the league is out there too. Yeah, Casey Haywood. Okay, is out there. okay. Yeah. Be nah, respectful. They don't, beat, they don't beat the Chargers. Oh, okay. They don't beat the Chargers. Who else we got? Rams. I think they beat the Rams. I don't. I think they beat the Rams. I don't. Because the Rams uh, had to let it go a whole bunch of talent. But okay, so that's we should we that's shall five see. Wins. That's five wins. I think they get the Rams. Who was they beat the Dolphins? They beat. They get the Dolphins at Miami. They get the Dolphins. T- so they sweep Miami. I think they sweep Miami. You just is, man, come just, on, man. You see what just, they did to them last year? Just with no way, man. That Dolphins team is much yeah. better, bro. You ain't gonna respect that Dolphins team at all to say they split, bro. But go ahead. It's your yeah. pick. It's your pick. Go ahead. I, th- I think they sweep the Dolphins. <laughs> Who else they got after that? Buffalo and the Jets to close the season. Lose to the Buffalo and they beat the Jets. They sweep the Jets. So they sweep Jets and they sweep the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. The, so you, the reason so you, they so don't you, win the division because they won't be able to beat Buffalo to, at all. So you got them going 6-10? 6-10. That's about right. That's about right. I'm, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick can get six games. I'm pretty sure he can. I got them going 5-11. and 11. This year, okay, one game. One I got. Game a, I want to say four I and twelve. I want to say four and twelve, but I'm gonna go five eleven. I I, I really want to say seven, but I ain't gonna go there. That's your, gonna no, that's your pick. You got yeah, to live on really, that. I really, I really, you got to live I, on I, that. I kind of in my heart feel like they'll beat the Raiders. Did I say they're gonna beat the Raiders? Yeah, you said that. Oh, that's okay, one of the okay, wins. Okay, all right. So Colin Cowherd, Colin Cowherd, uh, on the show has the New England Patriots going four and twelve this year. Okay. With the huge uncertainty of Stids, as they call him, Stidham, the quarterback. Basically, that's the only reason he has them not, he say New England uh, being close games, they won't get blowed out. They're being every single game, but he don't believe that Stidham is going to be the guy to get them a win, and that defense is going to be heavily re- uh, relied on. So he got New England Patriots going 4-12 and this year. Okay. He believes 4-12 and this year will be enough to get you the number one or the number two pick overall. Hence, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields being the New England Patriot quarterback next year. Well, I hope Justin Fields is the number one pick. Why you say that? Because we... I'm pretty sure the Jaguars will find a way not to get the number one pick. <laughs> well, Justin Fields <laughs> will not be the number one pick. So I just found that interesting, man. I was listening to Cowherd because, you know, the, the Jaguars, I listened to Ryan Clark. I listened to um, um, uh, Eric Mangini. All these personalities on TV, and they just trash the Jaguars. They say the All Jaguars the are pathetic. No, I'm talking about coming into the season. Yeah. They say pathetic. Say the Jaguars don't have much to work with. They say they, they, they'll be lucky to see three wins this year. Mm. They say they don't see any type of promise with the Jacksonville Jaguars this I year. Agree. And I I'm, agree. And I'm hoping for that. That's what I'm exactly yeah. Those are my same sentiments. Yes. So, but wouldn't it be something? If the New England Patriots got the number one pick overall and selected Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> he uh <laughs> he he fit he fit the description of a yeah. prototype Bill Belichick guy. Yeah. So you know, no, so no 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 no. You this ain't so? no this ain't no this ain't no typical Bill Belichick guy. This is that dude. <laughs> this is well, the Megatron okay, let, of quarterbacks. Let me rephrase that. This would be the first time 
Bill Belichick would have a Megatron uh, of a quarterback. Oh, world but, uh, quarterback coming in. We know, what Brady, in. We, we know what Brady turned out to be. With the yeah, hype. Right. Okay, gotcha. We know okay. what Brady turned out to be. Okay. But my goodness. But you know what would be shocking? What's that? If speaking into in, in the future, if it was Trevor Lawrence and having Trevor Lawrence, Bill Belichick could never get over the hump with him, but did with Brady. Yeah. For now, I don't believe that for one second. So, uh, I don't believe that for one second. All right, yeah, so I, I just thought that was something um, uh, interesting, listening to kind of Cal so Hurd. Let me ask you this, though, I, and down there, we're going to go something else. Do you think Trevor Lawrence' hype is going to be as big as Peyton's and Andrew Lux was coming out? It won't be as big as Peyton's and, and Lux. The reason Peyton's was so big, of course, he was talented, but, of course, his name. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a pressure from that as well. The thing will look physically, physically, the only quarterback we've seen match up to him or better in the last 20 to 25 years was Cam Newton, mm-hmm. you know, and he made, look, right? yeah, okay. look, and yeah. he made Stanford relevant. Yeah, he did. And they were really good when he was there. So just looking at him on tape in college, um, running and throwing. Now we've seen Trevor run around a little bit last year, but he ain't the runner as Luck. Yeah, Luck was like running dudes pocket. over. Yeah, you know. So, but he's definitely gonna come out. You know, highly, highly touted, and I hope he's a Jacksonville Jaguar. <laughs> the Rock understands what took place. The night you won King of the Ring, you got down on your knees, put your little hands together, and you said a prayer, and it sounded like this: "Oh dear God." You see, my name's Billy, and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. New Sports Guests. You're listening to the Sports Show. And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said this, Bob? But my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. Hey, this is Deuce Lunch Sports, man. Come on, now. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. <laughs> That's the case. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? All right, all right. Welcome, welcome back to episode 63 of the Reduce Lunch Action Sports News Desk. I'm your man's Dedra L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists. And this your man, Black. We back for another episode, one of your favorite sportsologists in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a lot of things to get into today, man. Of course, we're going to do our traditional segment, Start, Bitch, Cut, our top five. Um, we're going to talk, uh, you know, do our tweet of the week. Going to give you all the original things we do here. But we're going to talk some NBA today. You know, Kyrie Irving and a lot of players have something to say, you know, before this NBA season tips off. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a comment uh, that Chauncey Billups had made. Um, uh, I think it was a 2004 NBA Finals. Um, we're going to kind of revisit 
uh, what we did a few weeks ago with Mr. Billups speaking out on that championship win for the Pistons. And we're also going to talk a little baseball today. Actually, we're going to talk a lot of baseball today. I think this is the first and only time that your <laughs> sportsologists here have talked baseball and why are we talking baseball it was an excellent 30 for 30 that took place on sunday this past sunday night uh long gone summer was featured the home run spectacular extravaganza with mark mcguire and sammy sosa but there was a lot of things in there uh that me and black are going to discuss and um i'm pretty sure the base the, the the average sports fan knows who mark mcguire and Sammy Sosa is and what, you know, what they did back in 1997, 1998 uh, with the home runs. Um, we're going to talk a little college football. Reggie Bush is free. Reggie Bush is free. Uh, USC and Reggie Bush are back on good terms. And we're going to walk down memory lane with Reggie Bush. I'm just going to set the tone. You know, I believe Reggie Bush was better than Percy Harvin. And uh, I'm just going to leave that there until we uh, get to that segment. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of WWE. We're going to talk a little bit of boxing as well. We're going to talk some Shakur, Shakur, Shakur Stevenson, real young, bright uh, uh, boxer uh, and, and out there today. He came back and ushered back in boxing this past Tuesday night. And um, I took a look at the kid, and me and Black are going to really talk about him um, because I believe he has two fans here at the sports state. So we're going to talk a little bit of boxing as well. We're going to get into some other news after that, man. We're going to get out of here. So, Black, man, how you doing today? Doing good, man. Can't complain, man. Happy to be back, man. Absolutely. Talking about what we talk about all the time and what we love to do on a daily basis. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a great show, man. So appreciate all the support and everything before we get started. Always want to say thanks for everything you guys do for us uh, here at the Sports Desk. So, all right, man. We're going to kick it off with our uh, start, bench, or cut. Right, all right, let's get into it, man. This week's start bench a cut. I was watching a little bit of um some old, not some old. Well, I guess so. It's 2020. Uh, some NBA uh big man videos from back in the 1990s, man, and they really highlighted some some skillful, skillful big man for that time. And I believe a couple of them could. Well, I think all three of them probably could play in today's game because they were just so skilled. And um, I had a hard time with this one. I still don't know. Who I'm going to start, bitch, you cut. But I want to see what my man uh, Black is with this. Uh, so here we go, Black. We're going to talk about some NBA big men from the 1990s. Black, you ready? Okay. We're going to go center from the Houston Rocket, Hall of Famer, two-time NBA champion, defensive player of the year, MVP, Hakeem, the dream, Olajuwon. We're also going to go center. Power forward center, but they use him as a center. Uh, from the San Antonio Spurs, NBA champion, NBA Hall of Famer, defensive player of the year, MVP, everything. David, the admirable, admirable Robinson. All right, and then we're going to go uh, New York, Nick Great, big man out of Georgetown. Um, he didn't win anything, uh, but he was a <laughs> hell of a player. And I think he was before his time when he got into the league out of Georgetown, New York, Nick center. Patrick Ewing. So, Black Man, mm. talk to me. If you, who we going to start? Who you going to bench? And what big man you saying? Hey, man, we don't need you. Um, mm. I'm going to start. 
Hakeem the Dream. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bench. Mm. Uh, Talk to me, Black. I'm going to bench. <laughs> David Robinson. Okay. And I'm going to cut Patrick Ewing. Wow. Okay. 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 Well, I'm also going to start Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. Um, if there was no Shaquille O'Neal, he would be the greatest center ever, um, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm going to bench Patrick Ewing. Um, the okay. tapes that I seen on Pat Ewing, man, this dude was shooting the, the, the jumper from 18 feet out. Man, this man even had like a little handle from the free throw line in. Like he was just so skilled with the long arms. He could move. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that he didn't win anything. You know what I'm saying? You would think a player like that would have something. But I'm going to I'm going to bench Patrick Ewing. I'm going to cut David Robinson. Okay. David Robinson was pure force. He was pure force rebounding machine he never quit he always gave it a thousand percent and i would love to have a guy on my team but for this game i don't need you so i'm starting the king benching pat and letting go david robinson all right so all of our basketball fans out there man y'all holla at us man y'all talk to us who would you start who would you bench and who would you cut all right man we're going to transition into our sound of the week and I stumbled upon uh, some Charles Barkley classics, man, from the TNT set with Ernie and the gang. And I tell you what, there's no better, no better NBA pre and post game show ever. This show is the best show ever on TNT talking basketball with Shaq, Charles, Kenny and Ernie. All right. So here's something from Shaq. These are like, I mean, from uh, Charles, I think these are like two or three videos in one, but all of these are hilarious. So y'all check this out. Six. Um... Let's see, any other nuggets in there that worth no. sharing? Yeah, a little, so bonus 2015. He's about, playing Lonzo great. Ball had a triple single. <laughs> I'm telling you, he, he, they thought he wasn't going to play with a sprained ankle. Well, he had two points. He didn't play. <laughs> okay, so, so tell me this. <laughs> yeah, wait, you, you, just, caught, wait, you, you saw the a, chase down block by one. You had a what? Oh. <laughs> wait, 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 you had a triple single. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you had two points and you're going to say he played? Yeah, two more points than me. <laughs> he, had a, he had a triple single. <laughs> oh, man, had two points. But he, he had the... Fruit of the loom, thank you very much. For what? They sent me two boxes of underwear. So what are you going to do with them? I'm going to give them to a homeless shelter. Well, I hope that they... I'm not, well, there's no homeless shelter X. that has four X's. <laughs> I mean, but you were at homeless shelter. Let me just tell you something. In the back, I was giving them out. Uh-huh. And a, lot, a few of the guys got them. They got some smaller sizes. But I'm going to just say this about some of the women who work here. Oh, They're man. a little overconfident. They can fit in them big drawers. Oh, <laughs> man. You going that. Some of y'all need to check y'all pride at the door. Come on. Y'all oh, can fit in them things. Are those? Are, I'm just saying. I've some never of you heard of rumors. In the back there, some of you women overconfident. Y'all wait, can wait. fit in them big drawers. Have you ever heard of you? There's always a New York person who comes up to Charles. Why are you hate our team so much, Charles? How, how do you assess what you've seen? Why you look? What a, what a bemused look on your No, because what, what bothers me, Ernie, every year you travel the country and you go to New York and do people like, you think our team sucks. I'm like, uh, yeah, I only think that because they suck. <laughs> Ernie, I don't care how bad it was. So in I was New like, York. wait a minute. We, that we, was the night. Remember, we used, to go, remember we used to start the season out in New York? Yeah. I left two tickets at the hotel for one of my family members, and when I got back to the hotel, it was four tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So that was some of uh, Charles Barkley's uh, 
uh, highlights on uh, around the NBA on TNT, man. Like I said, that's the best pre and post game uh, show out there uh, as far as basketball is goes. So I stumbled across that on YouTube, man. I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So we're gonna transition into our top five. And last week, man, we um, what did we do last week? I think we did college. F- no, we did. Uh, we did. Did we do college football running backs? I think we did college football running backs. I'm not even sure. Oh, uh, no. SEC. SEC players. players. Yeah, yeah, shout out, yeah, shout out to Cedric five. Farr. Shout yeah. out to Cedric Farr coming through last week, man. Uh, chopping it up with us, man. So, yeah, we did favorite SEC players all the time, man. But uh, let's get it going. Listening to the sports desk. He lied. All right, this week, we man, we're going to give our top five wrestling storylines. Wrestling storylines. So. Of course, we are huge fans of wrestling here. Thank you for everybody who uh, listened to the Attitude Era special, man, featuring our guy, wrestling correspondent, PJ Durrell. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun to talk about all the old moments, man, from back in the day. But it got me thinking, Black. Got me reminiscing, man, of what was I glued to the TV for weekend and week out because I was so invested into a particular storyline. All right, so let's roll them out, Black. Give me your top five storylines in wrestling history. Okay, at number five, I got Daniel Daniel Bryan's feud with the Authority. Okay, okay. Which led to him becoming okay. WWE champ at one of the classic WrestleManias okay. in New Orleans. At number four, I have uh, Triple H feud with Randy Orton when he kicked Stephanie okay. McMahon in the face and he just brought out another side of Triple H we had never seen before. Yeah. And then at, at number three, and this is one of my favorite ones, I was going back and forth with this one, but in here lately I haven't really had nothing I could be invested in, but this this person gave let me be invested in something in, okay. this, in this wrestling that we in now, okay. and that's Becky Lynch when she became the man. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so okay. I got okay. Becky Lynch okay. at three, and then I have Stone Cold becoming the face of the WWE when he won the championship. WrestleMania 14. And Vince didn't want that to happen. WrestleMania 14. And then at number one, my guy, Mr. CM Punk. <laughs> I knew you the was going to say bomb. that. Yeah. Him, him and John Cena's feud, man, it's, 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 it's classic. Yep. It's my favorite one today. Yep. I love it's that great. feud with him and Cena, man, like the way Punk went out champ under no contract. It was just amazing. It was, great. it was amazing to watch. It was great. I remember me and Black ordered that pay-per-view. We don't order nothing now. <laughs> sure don't. We don't order nothing now. And me and Black ordered that but pay-per-view. But that was before we had the links, my yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Black ordered that. And we came through, man. And we watched. And that was a great moment uh, with CM Punk. All right. So I'm going to get mine, man. My top five. Number five. I have Triple H versus Randy Orton. Um, Randy Orton elevated his character to this, uh, wicked, evil, you know, sinister, methodical, 
a cold character and he was after the McMahon family taking out Shane and Vince and, and Stephanie and ultimately culminating them meeting at WrestleMania where Triple H prevailed. But that storyline was great, especially when Triple H broke into Randy Orton's house yeah. and they was fighting there. So that was pretty dope. At number four, Black and White Steam. Uh, when Sting returned to WCW in that black and white get up and we waited a whole year and he didn't say a word for one year. And he got in there and he defeated Hollywood Hogan uh, to take the title away from the NWO. Just so wrapped up in that storyline with the black and white Sting coming from the rafters and all that was just dope. Uh, number three, the debut of Kane. Uh, we okay. talked about it on the Attitude Era, man. Yeah, you know, Black and PJ really hit it on the head. You know, The Undertaker was shook, and we had never seen that through our lifetime, The Undertaker being startled. But the debut of Kane, Hell in a Cell, Taker and Michaels in there, just everything was just so great about it, man, and it was really dope to see that. Number two, the mega powers explode. The macho man Randy Savage <laughs> and Hulk Hogan just colliding because Savage thought Hogan wanted Miss Elizabeth. Hulk Hogan, I hate your guts. So I really, 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 really love that one. And number one all time, the birth of the NWO. The arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, the Monday Night Nitro, you know, just raising hell, adding in Hogan, the biggest heel turn in the history, in the history yep. of wrestling. We've never, never seen, seen it before. before, and we ain't <laughs> seen it since, you know, with Hogan turning heel. So that's my number one, the birth of the NWO. So, of course, I know PJ going to chime in and give us his top five wrestling storylines of all time. So, of course, all of our listeners out there, may y'all holler at us, y'all talk to us. And uh, what storylines do you remember and what storylines do you love the most? All right, man, we're going to get into our tweet of the week. And Black, I tell you what, man. It's, it's, we were on a high here on the sports test when we learned that the return of the NBA was upon us. Everything looked like it was running smooth. You know, everybody seemed to be excited to be back. You know, we're getting all kinds of great uh, information, Black. But something took place this past weekend. I have two tweets here. And both of these tweets represent, I guess, the scale. On one scale, you got a lot of the NBA players. And on the other scale, you have a minute few who feel this way. So we're going to start with Dwight Howard. All right. Dwight Howard says, I agree with Kyrie Irving. I would love nothing more uh, than to win my very first NBA championship. But the unity of my people would be on an even an even bigger championship. No basketball till we get things resolved. And he stated this in a tweet to CNN. Then I'm going to go to I can't believe I'm saying this. My man's Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly simply states, Hoopers, say what y'all want. If King Jang say we hooping, we all hooping. Not personal, only business. Hashtag stay woke. Yo, shout out uh, Future and Drake. Uh, what a time to be alive. You can get that on iTunes. You can get that on uh, Google Play. You can get that on Tidal as well. Uh, what a time uh, to be alive. Okay. All right, Black. Let's get into it, man. Well, first off, I know where you at. Mm-hmm. I know where you stand yeah. on both sides. Yeah. But before we do that, Black, let's do the right thing here. Let's do the right thing.
smell what The Rock is cooking? You're listening to The Sports Show. <laughs> All right, man. So things got a little bit, I don't want to say heated. But I think um, the word would probably be interesting over the past weekend. Uh, So apparently there was a call with over 80 NBA players this past weekend. And it was driven, uh, um, all reports say it was driven by Kyrie Irving's emotional uh, outpour of being concerned about, one, being in Orlando in the bubble, and then, two, uh, I don't want to say one or two, but these were the two issues. And the second one was, um, you know, everything that's going on in our country, everything that we're seeing on TV, everything that we're seeing on social media. And and and, and it's the fight for uh, uh, racial equality uh, uh, to put a stop to senseless uh, killings and murders of unarmed black women and black men. We know what's going on. All right. So that's what Kyrie Irving was screaming uh, to the rooftop. But you just heard the tweets that I just read from Pat Bev and Dwight Howard. So obviously Dwight Howard's with Kyrie. You got other people like Avery Bradley with Kyrie. You got Lou Williams uh, siding along with Kyrie Irving. Um, and then, you know, these are people who are starting to bring up this issue. So, Black, let's get into the conversation. And I want to ask you, do you feel that a halt in play, a, 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 a boycotting the rest of the season is something that is going to help the world uh, right now with everything that is going on. Do you agree with the sentiments of Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard and, and those players? Um, no disrespect to those guys, but I don't. I don't. My reason being is that I feel like I feel like we need basketball at this time. We need something. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, it's nothing it's nothing sports give you to you know, they give you give you fun, give you laughter, give you excitement. We mm-hmm. at a sad place right now in the world, and you know, I feel like we need a, we need a little excitement, and mm-hmm. especially for guys that's for the movement to see them go out there and compete for uh for the cause, because that's why they'll be out there competing for the cause, and then the light will be shined a whole lot brighter as well. I think if NBA came back, because you have cameras in front of you every single night, you able to, you able to, you able to speak up and say what you want to say, even though it's not hard for them to do that now. But um, I feel like I feel like the season should should happen. Um, I really think it'd be a plus. I don't think it'd be a negative. I know those guys. You know, I I, I don't disagree at all with how uh Dwight, Kyrie, Avery Bradley, Lou Williams, how those guys feels. I stand with you as well. But I also stand with the NBA happening because I feel like the rural and we all need you know sports to come back and you know, give us some, give us something to be excited about. Give us, you know, give us some happiness and a little joy. Cause the, the way the world's going right now, it's just a lot of sadness and a lot of anger mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So, um, I'm with Kyrie Irving. I'm with Dwight Howard on their message and what they're putting out there. We need to keep the same energy so we can continue to push what needs to be pushed so we can see the change that will benefit all races of life, all races of life, especially black people. That's number one. Number two, look, Kyrie, 
if you just so happen to hear this. I appreciate the fact that you have been touched to the point that you are willing to speak out and yell to the rooftop. But never, ever forget, there were people in your very profession, a la LeBron James, who's been doing this, who's been out here publicly on his uh, social media, on the radio, on TV, with his Nike line, anything that is equality based, anything that is racially driven for equality, LeBron James has been waving that flag out in the open. And I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving hasn't been doing anything. I'm not saying that at all. But Kyrie Irving has the same platform as LeBron James. I've just never heard his voice out loud. (laughs) I've never heard it. So now. It's a diversion that the NBA could cause due to playing basketball again. I wholeheartedly disagree. I believe you're going about this the wrong way. I believe in what you're saying. I'm with you on what you're talking about, but you're handling it the wrong way. Why do I feel that way? Because not playing basketball and finishing out this season is going to fix what exactly? What progress is going to do leaps and bounds if we don't finish the season this year? It's not. This thing is going to take years. It's going to take past my lifetime, and I pray to God it stops at my son's lifetime, my godson's lifetimes, my nephew's lifetimes, who are all little children, who are all little kids. But I don't agree the stoppage of basketball is going to do anything right now. I also believe the platform that you have pre-game, the platform that you have post-game, the, <laughs> pr- the platform that you have during the game is something that the world needs to see. Yeah. Why do away with the opportunities to showcase the movement? No, we're, we can't do that. And that's why I side with Pat Bell. If King James say we hooping, then we all are hooping. So that means that I am watching. That means black is watching and so is the whole world. This is your occupation, Kyrie Irving. This is your job. God has blessed you to be gifted and physically talented beyond probably 99% of the human race. That has allowed you to get in here and make millions upon millions and have opportunities that the average man will never see. So please think about this, Kyrie Irving, and use your platform that you have been given due to your talents and make it count. Make it count. Put the pressure on the NBA in this way. Put the pressure on the NBA to say, hey, if we're coming back to play, put the Black Lives Matter patch on my jersey. If we're going to play, let's get the commercial for Black Lives Matter and and, and social equality and, and bring light to everything that's going on in our world while the games are playing. Let's do something where we can have a a, a, a conference that we can all speak at so the world can see. Black, do you think of LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and another player were doing something of a social uh, conversation and they put it on live television for one hour? Do you not think the world will watch? The whole entire world will watch. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. So Kyrie Irving, again, I'm not coming at you, man. I'm not. I respect what you're saying. I respect everything about how you feel, my mans. But don't get it twisted, bruh. After all that I just said, tip up. 
<laughs> tip up. Well, we know he ain't gonna be tipping up. But tip up. We ain't finna go, finna go there about Kyrie. Yeah. Uh, I just I and, and I I agree with you, D. Along, along the sign, along the same lines, you said it's so perfect. Like uh, this is this is another outlet for what the world needs. Sports and it's sports. We it, you you need sports. You need sports. You know you don't just want to be here and just oh it's just sad, just angerness. People getting you know us being killed. Us you know stuff going on. Even though the times is needed for uh, motivation, us standing up, us speaking out. And like I love what Steven Jackson is doing. Yeah. But uh yeah, yeah. Steven Jackson, you're not you're a retired NBA player. You're not in the NBA no more. I know right. you're upset for uh the the owners not saying anything. Me as well. Mm-hmm. But like they say, put the pressure on the owners. Put the pressure on these people, put the patches on my players jersey. got the power. Put put the pressure on and if they don't wanna do what the players did, then I will understand yeah. not having the NBA season. Players got but the power. For the NBA season, make everything about Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And we can also, at the same time, uh, have our movement going yeah. and uh, moving this thing forward yeah. and also enjoying some yeah. NBA basketball. Right. It's nothing wrong with that at all. It's not. And, and sports is a healer. Yes, it I, is. I remember being in the 10th grade when 9-11 happened. And I also remember the very next night, the New York Yankees taking the field. And I'm not a baseball lover like that. But you know what I was doing that night, Black? I was sitting in front of my TV watching the New York Yankees get ready to play when President George Bush was walking out and he did the first pitch. And the emotion and everything that was driven in that ballpark. I don't even remember who the Yankees was playing. And I don't even remember who won the game. Yeah. I have no clue. But you know what I do remember? I remember that moment. Mm-hmm. I remember the moment, yeah. and it brought the country together. All of the pain and everything that people were going through due to the tragedy in our country back then, it stopped for a second. It gave people a, a, a hope. It gave people a good feeling that no one was feeling, bro. Mm-hmm. So this can be the same thing in this regards, man. It can. Because don't get it twisted. What's going on in our world is a tragedy. Yes, it is. It is a serious situation. That's why I brought up 9-11. It's comparable to me. It is. It's comparable to me. Or matter of fact, it's, it could be greater. You can at me if you want. It doesn't matter. That's just how I feel about it. All right? So sports is important. The country needs this. The world needs this. We need to see our favorite players, and we need to have an opportunity to sit down in front of our TVs, put our feet up, ha- drink our angry orchards, and, order our, <laughs> and have our pizzas and whatever yeah. you would like. Charles, I know you're laughing out loud when you heard me say angry orchards. Stop laughing. <laughs> Stop laughing, Charles. But um, shout out my boy Charles Evans. But at the same time, man, the sports world needs basketball. And once again, like Pat Babs, Pat Babs said, <laughs> If King James, he ain't say LeBron. If King James say we hooping, bro, <laughs> tip up. LeBron James. <laughs> Le- LeBron James. So, of course, we're going to keep our eyes closed, man. We got about, I think, got six weeks left before the NBA gets ready to restart. And uh, I think it's like three weeks away before they go to Orlando and For start training, tra- training camp. Yeah. Training camp. So, we're going to keep our eyes on it, man. But, again, like I said, one coming at Kyrie and Dwight at all. But um, we just want to give our take here on the sports desk. All right, but let's transition into something came out with the NBA, man. They said uh, if players feeling unsafe, if they feel like they don't want to uh, come down to Orlando and participate, then they can stay home and they won't be penalized. They won't be paid, 
They ain't getting paid, but they can stay home and they won't be penalized, suspended, or nothing going forward. So that led Commissioner uh, Silva saying that we're, we are building a replacement pool. So, for instance, if Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard tell the Los Angeles Lakers, we're not participating, we're not coming to play, that would give the Lakers an opportunity to go into the replacement player pool and grab out a couple of players. Now, Black, I have the, a list of a couple of these players that are in this pool. Mm-hmm. We got guys like uh, Jamal Crawford. J.R. Smith. We got guys like uh, DeMarcus Cousins. We got guys like, uh, uh, Jam- oh, I said Jamal Crawford already. We got guys like uh, Joe Kim Noah. There's some players out there who can come in. And Joe Johnson, who had a hell of a big three run. There's some guys out there who are available. Yeah. So, like, how do you feel about the replacement pool just in case some players say, hey, we ain't coming to Orlando. Uh, I like the idea. I mm-hmm. actually like it because it's some, it's some uh, players that's not playing basketball who still can hoop. Sure. And there's one name on there that I feel like should be on there because I'm a fan of this guy, uh, Nick Young. I don't know okay. why Nick Young's on there, okay. but I would love to see Nick sure, Young come sure, back. Sure. You know, he's Swaggy he, P. He, Swaggy P knows how to score the ball. Yes, he so, do. Um, I would love to see Swaggy P, Jamal Crawford, and the rest of those guys, man, in, 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 in this pool. Uh, come in and get an opportunity, you know, to to help a team, you know, win a championship or sure. uh, con- uh, bring, you know, contri- contributions yeah. to the team or whatever, sure. whatever it may be. Wouldn't this be something, Black? Let's say Dwight Howard say he ain't coming, which I firmly believe he is not going to say that. Dwight Howard will be in uniform when we tip. He know. He know. But wouldn't it be crazy if Dwight Howard say he wasn't coming and Boogie Cousins was ready to go? Wouldn't that be crazy? Now we know Boogie coming off all kinds of injuries, but man, I follow Boogie on Instagram and Twitter, and he say he's ready to go. It's been well over a year since the incident, man, yeah. and he's cleared. He's cleared to come back and play. Wouldn't that be something, man? If Boogie replaced the white going forward, it would, man. It really would. Oh. So, <laughs> so, we, so we gonna keep our eyes out uh, on that man going forward. All right, man. So let's transition into something, man. So a few weeks back, man, we were in here talking, and um, I don't even know how we got uh, to this part, but um, there was a mention of the 2004 NBA Finals. Uh, Freddie Bricks, shout out to Fred, brought that up, and then and it, it sent me over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> it it really did send you over the edge, my yeah. boy. <laughs> I blew a, a couple gaskets in my brain, <laughs> and I had a hard time. Like, really calming down. Because a lot of people don't know, I mask the loss to the 2004 Detroit Pistons. I mask it. I don't talk about it. I just kind of let it hang out there in the air. And I kind of give the perception that, you know, it didn't really bother me that much. But a lot of people learn otherwise. So Black hit me up earlier today. Me and Black was talking, prepping, and getting ready for the show. And they said, hey, man, did you hear what Chauncey Billups had to say? And I'm thinking it's going to be something about what's going on with the season and, you know, all that. But I was wrong. My boy Black let me know something. And this is what he let me know. Chauncey Billups told ESPN (laughs) that they may have been, they may have had better individual players. (laughs) But we always felt we were the better team. Now, Black, 
Can I have a minute? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Close these doors, my boy. Because <laughs> I've been waiting for this since we talked about it. Okay, look. Look, see, I didn't see. Look, I, I tried to keep it cool, bro. I tried to keep it chill. And, 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 and they just won't let me, bro. <laughs> Chancellor just won't let me, bro. So let's get right on into it. He said they had the better individual players. I'm sorry. Didn't we win? Not one, not two, but three consecutive, consecutive NBA titles? Huh? He said the Lakers had the better individual players. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. But this team was in their fourth NBA Finals appearance in four years. Yeah. <laughs> against a bunch of NBA players who Joe Dumars and threw together and said that we think these guys can be a really good team. And you know what? You Pistons, you were a good team. But if you thought for one second that y'all were a better team than the Lakers, then you're on crack. <laughs> <laughs> We all know the dissension that was going on in the Lakers locker room between Shaq and Kobe, and it had got to its boiling point. We all know that Phil Jackson had lost control of Shaquille O'Neal going into the NBA Finals. We all know that Kobe Bryant was taking subliminal shots over and over again to Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq say we didn't need Kobe. He don't even got to shoot. I got it. So Kobe wasn't even shooting. It was turmoil <laughs> in our locker room. And Chauncey, you and Rip and Tayshawn and, and, and Rasheed and Ben Wallace benefited. That's right. Benefited of what we had going on because we just simply couldn't get it together. We just couldn't. Because when we beat your brains in in game one by 25, by 25, you, was you thinking you was a better team then? And I get it. I might sound like I'm crying and this is all for nothing. But let me tell you something, man. If we was really locked in, we would have swept y'all. <laughs> but we didn't. <laughs> and y'all won four games to one. And Chauncey Billups, you stole Shaquille O'Neal's or Kobe Bryant's finals MVP. Because when I look at your numbers for the finals, they weren't spectacular. They just had to give it to somebody. And they couldn't give it to Ben Wallace for averaging five blocks. They couldn't give it to Rip Hamilton for averaging 10 points. They couldn't give it to Tayshaun Prince for averaging seven points. So, Chauncey Billows, I respect you, bro. But never, ever, ever say those words again. Just take your title, take your finals MVP, and continue to do what you do out there in basketball glory. And that's all I got, Black. You got anything on that, Black? Uh, yeah, man. Hey, you said everything, man, but Chauncey, I understand it, man. You horsed the trophy up in the air. You won, you won your MVP. Like D said, man, let's just leave it at that because there's no way in the hell y'all were a better team than the Los Angeles Lakers. All the way around the board, the Lakers on, were man. better. All the way around the board. Come on, man. Chauncey. I actually like you. I, sure. I actually like Chauncey Billups. Sure, sure. Big shot Chauncey. I like him. Yeah. B -b -b Billups. But it's no way. It's no way. Come on. That you would have gave any problems to Kobe Bryant. Come on, man. Shaquille O'Neal. 
Um, who else? Robert oh, was it? Robert Ory on that team too. Bruh. Foxy, Corey, come on, bro, Gary all, Payton, Carl, all these guys, come on, Carl Malone, come on, man. You, you may, you had this. This team was full of vets, man. It was come full on, of man. vets, and it still was a better team than what. Come on, man. Joe Dumars had threw together. Come on, man. But no disrespect to you guys, no, but no, y'all, no. y'all, you know, y'all won the championship. But Chauncey, yeah. I think you just need if you so happen to hear this. Yeah. I just think you need to pump the brakes a little bit, Chauncey. Come on, man. I think you, I think you know the real reason why that championship was won by Detroit because LA was really in turmoil and y'all took advantage of it. Come on, man. But Chauncey, let's just pump the brakes again. Come on, man. Let's let's chill out. Like Come D on. said, you won your championship, you won your finals MVP. Come on, man. So you go home and look at that. You enjoy it, but keep your words to yourself. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like Black said, man, we respect uh, Chauncey Billups. You know, we really do. But I just had to get that off, man. And, and, and I'm not going to revisit this again. I'm not. I leave the 2004 NBA loss that my Lakers suffered in the dark crevices in my soul. So I'm going to take that and put it back down deep where it is. <laughs> and we're going to leave it there. And hopefully it doesn't have to come up again. Hopefully. All right, man. So let's uh, hold on, man. Wait, let me get yeah. I about to say let all the gunshots go on Chauncey Billups on that because he tried my people. All right, man. So I'm excited about this next segment. I'm excited. We're gonna talk a little bit of Major League Baseball. So I always have a theme song for all the sports, but I don't have one for Major League Baseball because we never talk Major League Baseball here, and we're kind of sort of not talking about Major League Baseball. We're going back in time to talk about a significant pivotal moment in the sports history but i found like an old little song that they play at the ballpark uh let me see if this is it i ain't even heard it yet but let's see what we got black no throwing of any objects on the playing field Baseball theme song trash too. <laughs> like they ain't even saying the words in the theme, man. So that so was taking root, 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 root for the home team. team. Yeah, so. they don't win. <laughs> it's a shame because it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. <laughs> yeah, that's your that's your that's your hood rendition of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." All right, man, so let's talk, man. 30 for 30, which is a great, great, great thing that ESPN has going for them. And last night, they did it again. Um, I remember back in uh, 1997, 1998, uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire's spectacle, the show that they had uh, going for the home run record. All right, so uh, the 30 for 30 was excellent. I encourage everyone to go and check it out. Uh, me and Black learned a lot. Are we get ready to break it down uh, right here. So first question, Black, what do you uh, remember of 
uh, of that season, uh, when the home run record at that time looked like it, there was no way that could even be close to being broken. Uh, I think Roger Maris uh, had the record at 61, and previously before that, Babe Ruth had had the record, and no one had really been coming close to breaking that record. I think Mark McGuire the year before had like 50 home runs or something yeah. like that. Uh, and I think that was the closest in, in a couple decades, I believe. But um, what do you just remember about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa just during that, uh, that year? Uh, I remember, I remember it very well because up until then um, I wasn't a baseball fan. <laughs> you know, I never, I, I didn't watch baseball. didn't care to know anything about baseball. Only yeah. thing you really knew about baseballs was the New York Yankee, or you was going to get a Yankee cap, or uh-huh. going to get one of striped pin uh, Yankees jersey. Uh-huh. You know, so that was all you really knew about uh, baseball. But these guys, man, made you pay attention to the sport. Sure. Nor made me pay attention to the sport. Sure. Uh, well, and for those who didn't pay attention to the sport, they also paid attention. These guys, man, just put on a hell of a show mm-hmm. every single night. Yep. And I'm not talking about just one home run in one game. I'm talking about two and three home runs in one game these guys were doing. It was crazy, man. So every night, you you were either looking, because we didn't have social media then. No, we did not. So you were looking at the old sports centers back in 98, mm-hmm. looking at the bottom line, if you wasn't watching the game, to see who hit a home run. Yep. And uh, these guys did it very, very well. Uh, I I can remember, man, just watching uh, some of those games and remembering, like, man, these guys, I can't believe this is really happening. And mm-hmm. uh, I felt like, you know, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were some of the, we was like, this is something we have never, in our time, we have never nope. seen it before. Nope. Like, these guys is just crazy, just power, yep. everything. Like, I mean, from runs batted in to home runs, like, yeah. The stuff we was doing, we have never seen before. And I could just remember all the excitement, seeing the games that I did see did see when they wasn't at home, stadiums being sold out all over the world. Like, I mean, they were doing crazy numbers at stadiums with that do nothing in baseball. Right. Like, they don't sell no tickets. Like, they sold out the Marlins Stadium in Miami. Yeah. That never does anything in Miami. The Marlins right. always been trash. Yes. Always. But these, this. these guys, rain, man. Though. They got a ring. Yeah, they do. They do have a ring. You're right. You're absolutely right. But um, these guys put baseball on a pedestal. But people wasn't paying attention. Baseball needed Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And these guys put on a a performance in the whole season for the ages. Yeah. So let me uh, give you a little backdrop on me and Black. Uh, Most people know, and if you don't know or, you know, haven't heard from us, me and Black have literally, literally, been best friends, brothers, our entire lives. Me and Black are in our mid-30s. So that is a long time that me and Black have been together. And that entire existence, me and Black have watched countless football games in the college and pro level. We have watched basketball games on the college and pro level, even in the high school level, even on the peewee level. We've watched boxing. we watch UFC. Hell, we've watched soccer together. But you know what Man Black has never, ever done? We never watch one single inning of a baseball game together. <laughs> and I'm going to clear up what I just said in a little bit. But I just wanted to roll that out so you guys can have that on your brain. 
that me and Black are not your baseball analysts. <laughs> me and Black do not have the information that you were looking for as far as baseball goes. I'm sure we can get it. But we are not the guys to look to for your baseball. So going right back to what we are here to talk about and only to talk about is Mark McGuire and Simon Sosa. So for me, when I, I had, it was a kid at my school at the time. He was a baseball fan. He played for our baseball team. Uh, I think I was a freshman in high school and he played for our baseball team. And um, he was the one like letting the snowman, man, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, man, they cracking, they cracking, they, they, they hitting home runs. It's crazy. They never seen this in baseball before. And that's what triggered me. They haven't, no one's really ever seen this in baseball before. I was like, what you mean? Never seen this in baseball before. Home runs happen all the time. He's like, nah, man, not like this. And back in the day, like Black said, it was on social media. So you used to have to grab a newspaper and see what was going on if you weren't fortunate <laughs> enough to uh, uh, watch TV the night before. Because back in the day, Sports Center came on at 10, uh, I think it was at 10 o'clock was the last episode. Yeah. And if you didn't catch it at 10 o'clock, you just weren't seeing it until the next morning. <laughs> so long story short, it piqued my interest. So I started looking at the people like, dang, Sam Sosa hit three home runs in one game? Like, dang, Mark McGuire hit three home runs in one game? Like, they got, what's the record? 61. At that time, I'm thinking, like, that's not a lot of home runs. But then once I started learning about the game and how difficult it is, these guys throwing 100 mile per hour fastballs and curveballs and all kind of balls, like this is a difficult feat. So I started paying attention. So I started watching the games, man. I started watching the games, and the first game I saw, it was, I'll never forget it, still to the day, I was at my grandparents' house, and my grandfather watched baseball, and he was watching the Cardinals versus the, uh, versus the uh, Phillies. Versus the Phillies. And I'm watching, I walked in, guess who was at the plate, Black? Mark McGuire. And the first pitch was blown, thrown, and guess where the ball went, Black? <laughs> Out of here. Out of and here. I was like, man. So I right then and there, the power, this, I said, man, this dude like a linebacker. He looked like a, 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 a freak of nature out here jacking these balls, man. And ever since then, I was locked in. Yeah, Sosa, McGuire, I mean, just taking over. They was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. They were just everywhere, man. And it really piqued my interest for that one season to see who was going to break the record but little did we know black once the record got broken that wasn't it they kept going and going and going and going man and it was just a great time and that's what i remember back in 1998 but this documentary re made us relive it all over again so black what did you think about what did you think about the piece man a long some a long gone summer what did you just think about it when you saw how did it make you feel reliving everything and did you learn anything new yeah, um, uh, reliving everything. I don't vaguely remember every single thing, but they yeah. bring it. They bring it back because it was stuff that we didn't know because social media wasn't around. Right. It's stuff you, like you say, it, it's it was stuff going on, and if you didn't get a newspaper, yeah, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't have known nope. about it. You know, and you know they did a beautiful piece with this uh, documentary. Yep. I put it along the same lines with the uh, last dance because it was a lot of stuff we didn't know about that. And this piece, it's a lot of news that we didn't know back then that we know now. Yeah. You know, so it was beautiful uh, to watch uh, the documentary about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. But um, the one thing I think that really stood out to me was uh, at first, uh, I want to go to when Mark McGuire played for the athletics. I don't know if too many, too many people know he won a World Series as a rookie and was uh the home run, he set the home run record as a rookie with like 45 home runs. And I, th I think it's still, I think it's, it hasn't been, it, it took 30 years before it was broken. Okay. So 
I um wow. that was surprising to me because that's I didn't know that. And then him and Jose Canseco had this big thing together, the bad what the the bomb bombs away bomb, brother bomb some yeah. some some type of brothers. Yeah. But it was cool to see him and we're we're not talking about jacked up Mark McGuire. No, we're talking about Slim. No. Mark McGuire, and even when he was slim, Mark McGuire, bombing. he still was bombing out of the ballpark. Yep. So uh, that was amazing to see because that's something I didn't know about Mark McGuire when he was with the Athletics, World Series ring, and home run leader in the in the league as a rookie. Right. So man, it was beautiful to watch, uh, and then everything with how everything got started with the over the counter substance and you know uh re re what is it the word i'm thinking about recovery recovery and how this stuff was bought over the counter so i didn't ever understand what the problem was like we was talking earlier what why when you buy something over the counter but it was never no any rules in play it was never any rules in play right for they didn't have you couldn't do this and couldn't do that in baseball right you know, and then one 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 uh journalist said it perfect. Baseball was at its height with mm-hmm. Sammy and Mark. Mm-hmm. So nobody wanted to come out and say anything about what these guys was doing Mm-mm. because baseball had finally arrived mm. with these guys. So why? So if I'm a commissioner and I've been struggling to try to find a way to get <laughs> baseball at its peak. Why in the hell would I say anything about somebody taking an over over the counter substance for for uh rehabbing or re rebuilding or whatever it is? Why would I say anything about that? Right. So after everything, after the MB, uh, after MLB has made millions and millions and millions of dollars, uh, we have people complaining now. Mm-hmm. You know, so all of a sudden. We want to start bothering people now that they taking stuff over the counter mm-hmm. or they're taking steroids. Mm-hmm. Now it has become now that the MOB has arrived. Now we can say something about the steroids and the over the counter substances we're taking. But my thing is, why did they? Why these ball? These guys play over a hundred games a, a year. Mm-hmm. They. Their job is to hit home runs, play bring in runs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why, and I think I still won't understand why. Mm-hmm. Did the rules have to be in play? Do we, do we really want to call it cheating in baseball? Mm-hmm. Do we really want to call it that? And then like Sammy Sosa said, Sammy Sosa said it perfectly, and then I think I gained another respect for Sammy when he said this. He was like, man, I don't know why everybody was coming at me when I was doing it. It's players, it was players doing it while I was doing it. And players that's in the Hall of Fame that was doing it. Mm-hmm. But no one never says anything about those mm-mm, guys. Mm-mm. But, man, just overall, man, the documentary of um, the whole thing with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like they tried to paint a picture of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire being these best friends. And it never really was like that. It was just highly competitive between them. It was, mm-hmm. it, it was a... Friendly respect between the two. Yeah, yeah, the competitive yeah. Competitive respect. respect. Yeah, but the, the, the media, and they made it look like they were close friends and these guys really had a relationship together when they really didn't. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, everything about it was beautiful. I enjoyed every bit from beginning to end. And um, they did a beautiful job. Yeah, so we're going to play a clip from my buddy Charles Evans, man. Uh, he's very knowledgeable uh, knowledgeable of baseball. And me and him had talked about this kind of uh, prior to the documentary, man. And uh, he was kind enough to, you know, g- give us his thoughts on what he remembers back in 1998 when McGuire and Sosa was doing the home run thing. So we're going to play this little clip uh, from my man Charles, man. I'm, then I'm going to let it go 
on Major League Baseball uh, after my man's talks. Okay, here we go. All right, so before we can talk about the home runs in 98, we got to go back to 94 when baseball was on strike and had scab players. <laughs> and to the, to the common people of the country, we're looking at multimillionaires complaining about how much they're making or what's going on when they're, when they're playing a game. They're playing a game that any of us as children would have said, we'd have done that for free, to have our job be to play baseball every day, to spend, the, to spend our days in the summer outside playing baseball and getting paid for it. Now, baseball started to come back after the strike, and the summer of 98 put baseball back in the minds of the American people. Sosa, McGuire, home runs. This is what it, this is what it was all about. ESPN did a Major League Baseball um, you know, ad campaign, Chicks Dig the Long Ball, based <laughs> off these two guys and what they did that summer. I remember specifically the joy that Sammy Sosa had. And I remember the hop when he hit, when he got a hold of one, he would hop out of the batter's box. And I remember McGuire. I remember McGuire and his son being on TV all the time. And I thought that was a, a cool father son moment that his son was the bat boy and got to be there for all of that. It's something they shared and they could look at now. Um, I remember when, when McGuire hit 62, ESPN was doing live, live looks into their games to, the, to both the Cubs and the Cardinals games. And it was so fitting that it would happen to be the Cubs versus the Cardinals. And I won't forget that the pitcher for the Cubs was probably their fifth starter named Steve Traskell. Just a little <laughs> trivia that I told myself I'll never forget. Steve Traskell was a pitcher. He threw what I thought was a meatball. McGuire got a hold of it. It barely crept over the left field wall. The mm -hmm. shortest home run he hit all year mm -hmm. happened to be number 62. But what these two gentlemen did for the sport and putting it back on the map that summer will never be duplicated or replicated. They weren't the best players by far, but what they did was phenomenal and unforgettable. Yeah, man. Well said, man. Well said. Uh, shout out to my boy Charles, um, who always listens to the show and gives us support. Uh, Black Charles said once he wins the lottery that he is going to fund everything for the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. Yes. So he will, he's <laughs> going to be... Charles, man. Yeah, he's going to be our... Love, he said he's going to be our sponsor <laughs> and getting us to where we want to be at, okay? But, um, yeah. I think Black kind of really wrapped up the documentary, you know, as a whole. And, and Charles <laughs> really gave a great spill on Major League Baseball, but I am not here to do that. Before I go into what I'm going to say... I enjoyed the piece. It was fantastic. I did learn a couple things. Number one, didn't know Mark McGuire was a pitcher. I didn't know he was pitching. I mean, he was pitching, and then the scout seemed to say, man, this kid can actually hit. Skinny, slender kid, like Black said, but he got a real good form and a real good swing, and he was knocking balls out of the park. And that's what they brought him into the major leagues to do. That's number one. Number two, I had to be reminded that their Cardinals absolutely sucked <laughs> that year. And then <laughs> Sammy Sosa, I was reminded, won the MVP that season. Mm -hmm. And the Cubs made it to the playoffs. Yes, they did. So the Cardinals sucked and the Cubs didn't. But all eyes were on home runs and baseball was hotter than ever. Okay? So that's what I learned and that's what I took from the documentary. Listen, bro, 
This, I got two points here. My first point is this. Major League Baseball, do you know what would get Dedra L. Hicks Jr. and Ernest Lockwood third? Do you know what would get us watching baseball? Maybe if you let some of my homeboys in Major League Baseball take a little supplements over the counter, <laughs> do you kind of get a little recovery so they can crack balls out for 182, 62,000 games that they play <laughs> all year long? Maybe we would turn it on and watch it. There ain't no way in hell I'm turning on my TV any time of the year and watch a regular season baseball game. Do you think that I'm going to come home and watch the Colorado Rockies face the, 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 the Tampa Bay Rays? <laughs> Do you think that I'm going to watch the Oakland Athletics Take on the Pittsburgh Pirates? I'm not going to do that. Because you want to know why I'm not going to do that? Because it's boring. <laughs> Y'all need to loosen up Major League Baseball. Get a little bit colorful. Allow some of these supplements to be cool. Because the stuff that Mark McGuire was taking, he went right into his drugstore at Walgreens. And picked it up. The stuff that Sammy Sosa was taking, he went to his local CVS right before he got to Wrigley Field and picked <laughs> up a bottle. It wasn't like they had to go through the black market to get syringes and needles and take one on the butt so they can get out there and crack home runs. Baseball loosened up. You want to know why the demographic of your game is dying? Because no one is watching. You want to know why the, your game is dying, Major League Baseball? Once again, because it's boring. How does the number one player in the MLB draft have to go to the Cactus League? <laughs> why can't the number one player go straight to the, to the team that drafted him? <laughs> when the NFL quarterback get drafted or any other player at the position, when they get drafted, you know where they go black? Straight to their team. They go straight to their team. They when, drafted them. Yeah, when the NBA draft players, you know where they go? Straight to their team. If you got players out there who aren't going to, you know, you don't know what they're going to do, well, go ahead and make a version of the G League for baseball. Y'all got plenty of baseball parks around the world where y'all can get some pitcher out of Oklahoma who might not cut it. You can send him to the, the, the second league and build him from there. <laughs> baseball. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm a New York Yankees fan. Black, who do you rep? I rep the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, so don't get it twisted. We are fans of teams in the sport, even though it does not sound like it. But the only time that I watch baseball is when we get to what the, the, the NL and ALCS. If that, hmm. it might be the game clincher of the World Series. I can't tell you one time. I can't. I don't remember nothing about when the Washington Nationals won the title. <laughs> I didn't watch one game. I think the last baseball game I watched is when the Cubs broke the the, 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 streak. the streak. Yeah, I watched that because I know that was a global moment in sports, a historic franchise. So Major League Baseball, if you want your man's. To be watching your games and buying your gear and doing... And I got one Yankees dad hat. I do have that so I can rep occasionally. But besides that, I don't got nothing. <laughs> and I don't watch nothing. 
because y'all are so boring. And if I offended any baseball player lovers out there, I, hey, hey, I'm sorry, man. But deep down inside, you know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. Major League Baseball, get some, get, get going, man. Spice it up. Let's do something that's going to get people interested. Go ahead and let my boy Giannardo Stanton take some supplements. <laughs> let my boys out there take some. Let my Trump take him a little juice. So y'all can get a million to two million, three, four, five million people watching the Angels versus the Pirates. <laughs> because in 1998, when the Cardinals came down to Florida to play the Marlins, they had to pull the tarps off of the seats that no one had sat in the whole season. And do you want to know why they had to do that? Because Mark McGuire was coming down, hitting 29,000 home runs in three games. <laughs> so that's pretty much all I got for you. On that part, I'm going to holler at my man's black to see if he has anything because I do have a second rant. Black, you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, uh, do you know what? I have a disagreement with you uh, on something. There is something that we pay attention to on a yearly basis when baseball comes around. You know what that is? What is it? The home run derby. Oh, okay, yeah. I watched that. Um, yeah, because that's the time we get to see balls go off the park, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, Why uh, underhand throws from 70-year-old so, men. <laughs> So usually, you know, we pay a little attention to that. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's it's very entertaining. It's, it's, it's fun. You know, yeah. one of the I could say it's one of the one of the most entertaining spectacles on all star sports on I agree. sports platform. I agree. You know, so uh, the home run derby is something that we really, really pay attention to. But um, mm -hmm. like they said, I'm not finna watch the uh, Anaheim Angels. Mm -mm. No disrespect to Mike Trout, because that's one of my favorite players in the league. Okay. But I don't want to watch the Anaheim Angels play the freaking Colorado Rockies, like you said. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want to watch the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to watch the Milwaukee Brewers play the San Diego Padres. <laughs> The only thing in baseball that gets me up and makes me want to say, oh, man, I'm watching baseball today is the home run derby and the postseason for the Boston Red Sox. There it is. And that's that. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well said, Black. Well said. Okay, so I have a second rant, and then we're probably going to be done. This might be the only time you ever hear the sports this talk baseball, but we hope not. But I have a second rant. Here we go. So something pissed me off during the documentary. Something made me mad, Black, actually. Towards the end of the documentary, after they told the beautiful story of Mark McGuire and Simon Sosa's home run uh, 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 spectacle, I started to see some things, Black, and I want you to talk to me about that uh, as well. Do you think Simon Sosa's being treated fairly right now? No, I don't. Um, I think the way that they're treating Sammy Sosa is... It's ridiculous, man. Um, this guy basically put the Cubs, no disrespect to 
to the club as an organization and everything the Cubs stand for. But the he put the Cubs back on the map by himself. Well, him and Kerry Woods put the Cubs back on the map. But more than anything, Sammy Sosa. For him to be blackballed by the Cubs is very disrespectful. Now we were in that documentary we were able to see the Cardinals come off come come off, you know, blackballing uh Mark McGuire and putting him into the ring of uh ring of honor or uh, Re- Hall of Fame and retiring his jersey for the Cardinals, but you're telling me Sammy Sosa doesn't deserve to have his jersey retired and hanging up or hanging up in their uh in that baseball park with all the re- with all the other great Cubs players that's played for them? MLB, you need to be shame of yourself. You need to get off your your freaking high horse and let this man return. Cubs, Cubs owner, whoever you are, I hope you listen to this. Stop being a jackass and let Sammy Sosa come back to the baseball park so he can have his beautiful number 21 retired. He deserves it. Because without Sammy Sosa, you wouldn't have got to the playoffs and you wouldn't have a player who had the MVP. I don't think you had an I don't even think you've had a player to win the MVP since Sammy Sosa. So whoever the owner is, I don't know your freaking name. I'll find it out later and maybe go on a rant about you on Twitter or something. But get off your high horse and retire this man's number. Nobody seen Sammy Sosa coming. Y'all didn't even see the Cubs as an organization didn't see this coming from Sammy Sosa. He's one of the when you think about the when you think about the Chicago Cubs, the first person you think about is Sammy Sosa. That's who I think about. I'm pretty sure that's who D thinks about. I'm pretty sure most people, when they think about the Cubs, they don't think about the streak in the World Series being broken. They think about Sammy Sosa hitting 66 home runs and driving in uh, 150 uh, bat, runs batted in. We don't think about the streak being broken. We think about Sammy Sosa putting them out the park. So please, please, I beg of you, Cubs organization, Let's bring back Sammy Sosa to Wrigley Field in Chicago. It is a crying shame. It is a crying shame, and Black, thank you for tagging me in. It is a crying shame that Sammy Sosa has not been to Wrigley Field in over a decade. Before the Cubs won the World Series, before they won the championship, I believe it was three years ago, before they won that title, no one was talking about the Cubs. And you banished this man, why? When he gave you your stardom, and I know you got a historic franchise, Cubs. I know you do, of course. But no one gives a crap. Sammy Sosa did things for the Chicago Cubs that no one else has ever done. Thank God that the Cubs were able to win a championship, but it is criminal how he has been treated. Thank God that Sammy Sosa is in a healthy and good space in his life. He looked happy. He looked at peace. If he never made the Hall of Fame and never returned to Wrigley Field, I believe that he said he'd be okay because he did nothing wrong. He testified, he testified, and he told y'all the supplements that I was taking were over the counter. At that time when I was taking the supplements, it was not illegal to do. 
But y'all go on and dig deep, dig deep, dig deep. And y'all put a black hat on the man because he's letting y'all know, yeah, I took him. Yeah, yeah, I took him. But no, at that time, there was no rule saying I could not take them. He was not taking anabolic steroids. He was taking supplements that found to be on the list that he couldn't take after the fact. That's criminal baseball. And that's why people like myself don't really have much love for the game. Because you treat your heroes like trash. You go to any other sport, go to basketball, go to football, name me one hero. Name me one historic hero for a franchise in NBA or NFL who is not respected and shown love by the organization and the league. You want to know if you and if you can if you can name one, please let us know. Because right now, I can't think of one. Sammy Sosa is one of the most recognizable, recognizable figures in baseball history. You call you, you talk Derek Jeter. You talk Alex, talk Alex Rodriguez. You talk Ken Griffey Jr. You talk Barry Bonds. You talk Mark McGuire. And you talk Sammy Sosa. <laughs> That's who you talk, but he gets no respect. He's outcast. He's ousted. All because baseball wants him to do what Mark McGuire did and um, come clean. And until he does come clean, and I'm doing air quotation quotes as I say this, come clean, that he's not welcome back in Wrigley Field, Chicago, Major League Baseball. My man Cartier Cole got a new single out right now, Mama's Youngest Baby. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Cole. And he got another track that he getting ready to debut. It's called Sammy Sosa. And he hit me up, Black. And he said, hey, cuz. I said, what's up? Hey, you think you can find me in Sammy Sosa jersey? Shoot me the link so I can purchase it. I said, yeah, that shouldn't be hard. Let me go on MMB.com and go somewhere and see if I can find a jersey. Black, his jersey's not for sale. Wow. Wow. My buddy, I asked my buddy Charles Evans. I said, hey, Charles, I can't find Sammy Sosa's replica jersey for sale anywhere can you help me find it he said oh yeah man i'm sure they got it somewhere maybe you overlooked it man this man was looking for this jersey for almost an hour and we couldn't find it because he's banished but when i typed in mark mcguire's jersey there it is (laughs) because he came clean but sammy sosa was never found to be guilty of anything until you change the rules. How fair is that? Now let's go back to Mark McGuire, who I like. I like Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire was desperate. When he was talking in that 30 for 30, I believe Mark McGuire did what he was told. Because baseball is his life. All he knows and all he loves is baseball. He needs to be at the ballpark. He needs to smell the grass. He needs to touch the bats. He needs to be a beat around the game or he might lose his mind. That's what I got from Mark McGuire. Mm-hmm. It looked like he was talking a prepared statement. Mm-hmm. And somebody told Mark McGuire, look, Mark, if you want back in the game, you just got to own up to everything. Because the, the gods of baseball are calling for you to take ownership. But he contradicted himself because early on in the documentary, he said the stuff that I was taking was not illegal yet. It wasn't. There was no list for it yet. So which is it? 
Mark McGuire became desperate. <laughs> and he did what he felt like he had to do to get back in the game. Because before he came clean black, where was Mark McGuire? Could you find him? Nope. Could we see him? Nope. Was anybody talking about him? Nope. But now he's a now he's a batting coach in the league. <laughs> and potentially is going to be a manager at some point of a franchise. And he also got his jersey retired by the St. Louis Cardinals. And they gave him the red jacket. And I told Black this before the show. I firmly believe, I firmly believe before I die, I'm going to see Mark McGuire going in in the Hall of Fame. Because he's going to, they're going to say, oh, Mark McGuire, he, 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 oh, he paid his dues. He went through hell. And he deserved this moment. The all-time home run leader. But at the same time, as Mark McGuire is chugging along in Major League Baseball because he took the, the quick way out, I still like you, Mark McGuire, but I believe you sold out to stay in the game. Sam Sosa is resting on facts and laurels that he did nothing wrong. And just for that, he is outcasted. And that's why I'm going to say what I'm about to say now. The hell with baseball. <laughs> the hell with Major League Baseball. I love y'all Yankees. I do. I love y'all. Shout out to, shout out to all y'all. But the hell with ya. Get it right. And get Sammy Sosa back where he belongs, celebrate him, put his jersey back on the market, and do the right thing. And last but not least, let my dogs take steroids. <laughs> and this is what crazy to me, and I'm and and I just had to say this. I was looking at it, and I guess whenever Mark and Sammy went in front of the Senate or whoever they yeah. had to sit down with, yeah. they said that Sammy Sosa lied. Yeah. But how can you call a man a liar? When he said he was taking something that wasn't banned. I don't, I'm blown away by that. It, it's How can you consider him a liar and he told you the truth? Yeah. It wasn't banned when he was telling you about it. Yeah. He said, I never took anything that, I never took anything that I wasn't supposed to take. Yeah. He said, I know everything that I took, it was okay to take. It wasn't anything banned. Yeah. Yeah. But now Sammy Sosa gets to gets the label as being a liar yeah. about something that was banned yeah. after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Your MVP You're for the 1998 season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The leader of the Chicago Cubs. Absolutely. 66 home runs. Yes. Yeah. 140 RBIs. Yes. Yeah. And a playoff appearance. Talk that talk, black. Talk gets that talk. banished by the MLB. Disgrace. And see, I didn't know about his jersey. See, I'm pissed now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all banned this man? Yeah. For saying that he lied? Yeah. What did he lie about? He didn't. He didn't. So you want to sit Mr. Sammy Sosa in front of you good old white folk sitting at the Senate <laughs> and say that you lied about a, a banned substance? Yeah. Yeah. No disrespect. I, 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 no disrespect to none of our listeners who white. I didn't mean, not like that. But I'm saying, that's what it was. Yeah, it no, was, that's fact. That's, that's fact. That's what happened. If you want to go look at the, it was him and a whole bunch of different, a whole bunch of uppity white people yeah. who made decisions on what was supposed to go on and who, who the fault was on. Obviously, we see all the fault just went to Sammy Sosa. Not on Mark McGuire because, like D said, he ran off a paper that was written up for him. I believe he did. I believe he did. I do. I MLB, do. you have to get it together. And then I'm going to sit here and say this right now because I'm highly pissed. Until y'all get... 
until y'all get this right, I will not. I will not be watching the MLB. I will not continue to watch the MLB until you get this thing right with Sammy Sosa because this is abomination for this man to be done like this. And Mark McGuire did the same exact thing that he did. Why? And why isn't he going through the same turmoil? Why? Because he got on his knees and he said, please take me back. And got up under that desk? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, it's, cra- it's crazy to me, D. I didn't know that. Yeah, I will not. Yeah. I'll repeat again. I will not support the MLB until the MLB gets this right with Mr. Sammy Sosta. Sosa. Mr. MVP. Mm. Mr. 66 home runs. Mm. I love it, Black. I love it. I'm glad I was able to share some information with you um, uh, about uh, Sammy Sosa's jersey not being for sale. Now yeah, they have that's, like that's they, crazy. They, they got me. signed jerseys. They have signed jerseys that fans who he signed. They you can get those on eBay. But if you want to go get you a Sammy Sosa jersey from MLB.com or or, or football fanatic, it is not available. They give you the option to make a twenty one and put Sosa on the back, like like make your own jersey. They give you the option to do that, but you can't get his jersey. And I ain't lying. So all y'all like that who might boy D what? Now D ain't wildin'. My homeboy Charles Evans was right there with me when I was looking out for my man's cardiaco. You can get youngest baby right now on iTunes, title, Google Play, uh, everything uh, where you can get music. You can get Mama's youngest baby. And before we continue on, here's a clip. Shout out to Cole. Shout out to Cartier. L-I-D. Hey, baby, I grew up to be a hustler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Change, nigga, Mama youngest baby, I grew up to be a hustler. Still remember where she taught me. Speak with mountains to my cousin. Look like, how you doing, sir? I took the weed and made some butter. But I put out Slumped up on the cover. You know, I hit my number, say he got some new thunder, but I'm booming all summer. He gon' have to drop the number. Ain't worried about no sucker, cut the chopper, do not stutter, buddy. You can try your luck. All right, all right. So you can get my man's new single, Cartier Cole, Reduce Lunch Records, man. You can get that on iTunes, Tidal, Spotify. Y'all go check it out, man. Mama Youngest Baby by Cartier Cole, and hopefully I can find my man's a Sammy Sosa jersey. All right, man, so we're going to transition. We're going to transition to some college football, Black. Uh, shout out to my man Cedric Farr, man. Last week, man, you know, we had a great time with Said talking college football. And uh, I wish this would have broke out so we could have talked about it with Said. But Reggie Bush is free. USC and Reggie Bush, the 10-year ban, it is over. USC is welcoming back Reggie Bush and everything that he done at the school um, while he was there, which he was a spectacular, spectacular talent. Something on the likes that we hadn't seen in college football in a mighty long time while he was there. So Black, you know, Bush won the Heisman, two-time national champion. USC made the three national championship games while he was there. Stacked team, but Bush was the best player on that team all three years. So Black, talk to me about what you remember about Reggie Bush and what stands out from Bush being at USC. Uh, One word, electric. This guy, man, whenever he got the ball in his hands, did what he wanted to do. 
I'm happy that this has passed for Reggie Bush, and I feel bad for everything Reggie Bush had to go through. But like we've said here, and I'm pretty sure Dia would agree with me, these kids now, man, they need help. Their families need help. Reggie mm-hmm. Bush took a little cash, man, mm-hmm. and got banned from USC. USC National Ch- Championship was stripped, and his Heisman Trophy is not in the books. For him to have to deal with all that just for being a kid who family needs help, his family needs help, and he did what it took to, to, uh, to help his family. I don't disagree with anything what he, that he did. And for him to be banned from USC, I think it was outrageous. But him as an athlete man on his field, man, I'm pretty sure uh, Matt Leiner can say, man, if I didn't have a Reggie Bush on my team, man, uh, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be leaving this dream that we live in out here in, 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 in California, in L.A. Mm-hmm. When Reggie Bush was playing at USC, everybody watched. Everybody watched. Everybody wanted to watch the Notre Dame versus USC games. Everybody <laughs> yeah, yeah. wanted to watch those games. Everybody wanted to watch. It, they could have been playing Arizona State. But you wanted to watch Reggie Bush when he got that ball in his hands. And every time that he did, oh boy, you better watch out. Mm-hmm. I mean, from, from kickoff return to punt return, from, from getting in the eye formation to the, 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 toss, the, the toss sweep, everything. This man touched the ball. He was taking it to the house. He was scoring. And even as a wide receiver, he can score it too. Man, I loved everything about Reggie Bush. And like D said at the beginning of the show, I love Percy. Mm-hmm. But Percy, I cannot take you over a Reggie Bush. <laughs> this man literally made opponents come out of his shoes. Literally. Come out of their shoes. Literally. Literally. Reggie Bush was the first player you really saw that could stop on a diamond and go. Amazing. Again. Amazing. People flying rat bomb, not being touched. Yeah. Just just beautiful. Beautiful on the football a field. Symphony on the field. It looks beautiful. <laughs> I'm so happy that this that, that this is passed and he can go back and be a part of the tradition at USC, which is a high tradition in college football. One of the blue blood bloods of college football. And to see him, it's going to be amazing, man. Whenever they do announce his return to USC, I'm going to be watching because it's going to be well-deserved. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well said, Black. Uh, I was a huge fan of Reggie Bush when he was at USC. And like Black said, man, it was just something different about Bush. We see immense talented players all the time, every year in college football. But it's every once in a while we see the special ones. And he was special from day one. And I'll get to my Percy Harvin comment in just a second. But I just want to say it's about time that Reggie Bush uh, gets acknowledged for all of the great things that he did at USC. His Heisman Trophy season. The Trojans going to three straight, having a chance to uh, win three straight national championships. They literally lost one game. uh, And that was the national championship game when they were in college. Uh, when he was there, like just an amazing team. But the one player that had to be accounted for on every snap was Reggie Bush. And the biggest memory that I have of Bush is when they played Fresno State, Fresno State on a Saturday night. Matt Liner, Bush was in the slot. Matt Liner tossed to the Bush, and he was one 
on one on an island with the defender out there. And he shook this man so bad, his helmet came off. He didn't even touch the man. The man got juked out of his shoes, man. Just poetry and motion when he was out there on the field. And the one thing that separates Bush from Harvin, don't get me wrong, man. Harvin is electric. He is a great, one of the greatest talents we've ever seen. But Black hit it on the head. I had not seen a player since Peter Warwick. Peter Warwick stopped on a flat dime. I mean, completely stopped mm-hmm. and just pick up speed immediately and separated himself from defenders. And you know, like I know, Black, on these college football fields, everybody fast. Most people are fast. But this dude was lightning fast, <laughs> lightning quick, herky jerky, everything that he had. I seen person make exceptional plays. One cut person to the house, you know, making a nice little juke going to the house. He was just so smooth when it like water. But I can't recall person stopping on the dime, shifting and just getting out of here at warp speed, <laughs> like Reggie Bush. Both of those guys are a problem. But if I had the choice, who I'm gonna sign, Harvin or Bush, bro? Bush, come on this way, Harvin. I think it's another team out there who can use you. Because I'm going with Reggie Bush, and it's about time that he's back at USC. I love how he's transitioned. Uh, Super Bowl champion in the NFL as well. He played mm-hmm. a big part with that Saints team. Sure did. And now he's transitioning to his next career in the media, being a part of that college football team on Fox. So Reggie Bush is somebody who I'm glad is getting the shot. And like Black said, these kids, if they got an opportunity to help their families, they're going to help them. If I was a big recruit and I was a big player in the nation and some guy came to me and said, hey, man, I got $100,000 for you. All you got to do is sign a couple footballs and sign this and sign that. Guess what I'm doing? I'm taking that and I'm making $150,000 and I'm sending it to my mama back Straight home. Straight to her. Real quick. Send it to my mama back home so <laughs> she can get groceries in the house and keep the lights on. So she can do put gas in her car and do whatever needs to be done. And I'm going to do it over and over again until hmm. I get caught. And if my Heisman got to be suspended, if my jersey got to be taken down, if USC won't even mention my name for 10 years, then so be it. Hmm. I'm taking the 150K every time to help my family. And speaking on that, shout out to the state of Florida Hmm. for signing off. (laughs) Governor Dos Santos signed off for college athletes to be able to profit off of their name. Profit off of their name starting next summer in 2021. That is a big deal. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That means these college kids from UCF, South Florida, Florida State, Florida, anywhere, basketball, football, golf, volleyball, whatever, you can go and sign some autographs and make you some money to put in your pocket and help your family Mm. while you're in college. Shout out to the governor. What, Senator DeSantis, what's his name? Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis for signing that bill. Yeah, because it's the right thing to do. Because it's it's needed in sports. Yeah. These kids are literally starving. Starving. Sleeping in the athletic department. Not in a dorm. Yeah. Not in an apartment. Yeah. But in the athletic department with nothing to eat. Yeah. Yeah, because everybody ain't Tim Tebow. Everybody wasn't Sam Bradford. Everybody want Cam Newton. Everybody want Michael Vick. When these guys was in college, they had an apartment. <laughs> no one was looking down at them because they was a big man on campus. But what about the, the slot rod receiver for the University of Notre Dame? 
<laughs> what about the second running back for Florida State University? What about the punter from the University of Tennessee? <laughs> what are they getting? Scraps. Nothing. But now what they can do? They can go down to the mall and they can sign some caps, some jerseys, and some footballs and get a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars, and be straight. <laughs> So shout out to the state of Florida for making that move. Starting 2021, these kids can profit off of their name because Lord knows these billion-dollar universities mm. will keep profiting off these kids' names. And one last thing before we get off NCAA. Hey, bring the video game back. Bring NCAA football back because if you do, I'm buying the PS5. <laughs> <laughs> so me and my dogs can get on the game. Me and Sam used to have some hellacious battles on NCAA football. Bring it back <laughs> so me and Fred can get wicked with it. That's my last thing on that. All right, but you got anything else on Bush, man? No, nah, man. I'm just excited for him. Happy, man. Well, uh, overdue. Long overdue. Facts, man. Uh, happy about Reggie Bush. Uh, Facts. Everything. Everything about him. Facts. Definitely. All right, man. So we're going to transition into some WWE. And uh, last night, man, was Backlash. You know what I'm saying? And before we get into, uh, I guess, the only thing worth talking about from Backlash, we're going to play one of the theme songs, man. Like I said, you know, I don't have a WWE theme, so we just want to start playing songs from back in the G uh, that are relatable. So let's see. Uh, I think Black is going to dig this one for sure. I've been saving it the perfect time to play it. And Black, let me know what you think about this one, man. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. <laughs> hey, this is you smart spoke. Come on, man. The cult of personality I know your anger I know your dreams Alright, alright So we're paying a, a lot of homage To WWE wrestling legend C.M. Punk I have been waiting to play that one, Blackfoot I know, I'm, man I, I know, I said, That's man, a good one, boy You yeah, can make me go and look at some punk stuff on the network tonight, man Yeah, yeah, I, I, I came across <laughs> that one I said, yeah, I gotta play that for my boy Because I know he's a big CM Punk fan <laughs> Alright, man, so let's talk Let's talk WWE Backlash Which took place last night on the WWE Network And, um, you know, uh, the pay-per-view as a whole they had some 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 decent spots. Some snoozers, D. Just say it. <laughs> they they yeah they had some decent spots. We're just gonna run through the card uh really really fast, and then we're gonna get into you know uh the highlight for sure of the night. Maybe the highlight of the the, the highlight match of the year probably so far in uh, WWE. So we're going to read this very quickly. We had United States champ Apollo Crews defeat my guy Andrade. 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 <laughs> hey, put the U.S. title back on Andrade. Then you had, and I'm, you know what, though? I'm just going to skim through this because I might go off. You had Bailey and Sasha Banks retain the women's tag title to beat and defeating Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, and the Iconics. What you got, Black? 
D, what are they doing, man? I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know. I, I guess we just know, not going to never get this Bailey and uh, Sasha Banks rivalry thing to happen. Like, they just going to be best friends and tag team champions for the rest of the uh, the year? It is getting on my last nerves, bro. This is horrible. On like, my last who nerves, is bro. doing this? Like, it, it has to be some repercussions for this. Man, I was talking to PJ last night, man. And, and yesterday, and I was saying, I think this is it. I think this is the night that Sasha turned on Bailey. I think we get the program getting ready to start, you know, with Bailey and Sasha going into SummerSlam. And I'll be, what? <laughs> if I wasn't never wrong before, I was surely wrong last night because they retained the women's tag titles. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, I will say the Sheamus and Jeff Hardy match was entertaining. You got two two veterans in the sport. You know, well, two you got a legend in Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. and you got Sheamus who's had a healthy yeah. uh, WWE career, man. So that was a pretty good match. You had Oscar to retain the title against Nia Jackson, a double count out for the title. That was trash. You had Braun Strowman retain a universal title against trash. Miz and Morrison. And I like the Miz. I, I, I'm a fan of the Miz. I, I'm a fan of Strowman, but this is God awful. <laughs> we need to do better. And then you had Drew McIntyre, which he had better, had retained the WWE title against trash Bobby Lashley. For the life of me, why did Bobby Lashley get a title shot? <laughs> He's never had one in 14 years, man. He 14 was, he, years! <laughs> 14 he, years, and he, he lost. He was, due, he, he was due a match, man, but he did pretty good, you think? It was cool. It was cool. It, it was cool. It was kind of entertaining, right? Just not a fan. Okay, okay. They did the right thing with putting MVP with Bobby Lashley because it makes it more entertaining. Okay. Because Alana is... And they sparked it up bringing MVP But you want to know something, boy? I got to say. God. It's a lot of moves that I love, a lot of finishing moves I love in the WWE, but that Claymore kick. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness, boy. It's something to see. All right, man. So we got our wrestling correspondent, PJ Durrell. He's going to kick off uh, the greatest wrestling match ever between Randy Orton, the Viper, and the Rated R Superstar Edge. So here's PJ's thoughts on last on Sunday night's match from Backlash, Edge and Orton. Shout out PJ Durrell. All right, so Edge versus Orton. Um, did I think that it was uh, it didn't live up to the expectations of what it was built to be? Um, it wasn't the greatest match ever, but it was the greatest match on that card, and I th- and I think like it's one of the it could possibly be one of the greatest matches um, of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Edge. You know, he he still. You know, he still got it. Um, I love how they uh, kind of did pay tribute in a way to um, wrestlers in the past. You know, using their finishers, uh, Orton using the um, the trip, the the uh, three amigos from um, Eddie Guerrero. Using a pedigree from Triple H, um, Edge using uh, the Prettier from Christian, the Rock Bottom. Um, it was, I, I think that 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 was like one of the 
one of the best highlights from that match. And um, I knew that, you know, the it, it was going to go to Orton, you know, just, just to even the score. Um, but overall, great match. Um, hopefully we get at least one more match. If not, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with this, with the whole, um, Edge Orton rivalry. So that's my take on the, um, greatest match ever match (laughs) from Backlash. All right, all right, 10-4. Shout out to our guy, PJ Durrell, man, for chiming in, our wrestling correspondent. Um, We've got some ideas for PJ, and we're going to be rolling them out weekly, man, keeping the nostalgia of uh, the Attitude Era and, and the eras around it, man, with wrestling. But let's stick with what Orton and Edge, man. So, um... <laughs> Breaking news into the sports desk. We are breaking news into the sports desk. All right, all right. So the breaking news, the breaking news is unfortunately, unfortunately, last night, Edge ruptured his tricep. Last night oh, and had man. to have surgery this morning, and he is out indefinitely uh, after the greatest match ever last night. So news had came out earlier today. I received the alert from Bleach Report just a few minutes ago that Edge indeed was injured during the match last night. He had surgery this morning, and he is out indefinitely man, that uh, sucks, it man. does suck it does suck so the dirt sheets was written uh, and what are dirt sheets well dirt sheets are accounts out there who try to predict what's next in wrestling so the dirt sheet was was leading to one last match it was leading to the third and final match with Orton and Edge and that was going to take place at SummerSlam and don't look like that's going to happen mm. uh, tricep injury takes some time uh, to get over. So that is some breaking news into the sports test. But let's get back to the match last night. Black, what did you think about uh, the match with Edge or in that went 44 minutes and 45 sure. seconds? Uh, man, I enjoyed it, man. Yeah. It was actually good. I just want to say this uh, personally about the whole Edge and Randy Orton rivalry and the storyline. One of the best this year so far. Sure, sure, sure. One sure, of the best. Sure. For me, yeah. it's right behind, it's right behind uh, Ronda and Becky and and Charlotte okay. for WrestleMania. So okay. it's re- what well, not not for this year, but just overall for the past couple of years. Uh-huh. That story, those storylines. But okay. um, I enjoyed everything about it, man. Like I love Edge. I'm a big Edge fan. Sure. I, I like Randy Orton as well. Yeah. But man, we we seen these guys wrestle last night. Like uh, like PJ said, man, the finishing moves they was doing to pay tribute to the uh, other wrestlers, man. That was great to see, that man. Was dope. And, them, I mean, they was doing everything from the top rope, from the mat, outside the ring. Everything was beautiful, man. Yep. And then to see them kick out of these finishing moves by people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. was crazy, man. Like, 44 minutes, that's insane. Because I looked at it now, and I, I fast-forward to it because I missed it. I missed it uh, on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So I had to go watch it uh, on Monday. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, I was like, man, this only at an uh, uh, hour and like five minutes or something it was at yeah yeah like before that. it came out like, yeah what's going on yeah. like really like i was like man so they were just putting in work um uh, i didn't move 
I, I, I was I was highly entertained. It didn't get boring at any time. No, nah, I didn't. You know, and uh, for for Randy Orton to finish the way he did with that kick, because we hadn't seen the kick in a long time. Mm-hmm. He hadn't finished anybody with his uh, with his kick in a long time. So the punt it was to good. the head. Yeah, the punt to the head. So yeah. it was it was good to see him finish edge off with that kick. Yeah. But man, all uh, man, I feel bad for Edge, man. Like. Yep. Edge really looked good to me coming back. He, he looked did. good, man. He did. He did. His 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 storyline was was very intriguing with Randy. Like I liked everything of what Edge was doing coming back from the long layoff. Yeah. And for him to have to go through that injury, man, that's a big blow. But you know, hats off to you, Edge, man. I hope you get past this and come back. Hope yeah. you decide to come back after this, man. And uh, great match. I loved everything about it. Yeah, it was very entertaining. It, uh, like PJ said, it wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever, but it was the best wrestling match this year. I'll say that, no doubt about it. I mean, these guys are true veterans, two professionals, two legends with Edge and uh, Orton, man. And, and and I just enjoyed it all, man. I, I love the when, when, Ray, when Randy Orton did the Three Amigos paying homage to Eddie Guerrero. Man, my eyes started watering up, man. Because mm-hmm. that, that was a special moment, man. It just kind of made you think about Eddie and the yeah. impact that he had. And for Orton to pull that off uh, was really dope to see. Yeah, And i um, big fan of Eddie Guerrero. Eddie was just great, man. But <laughs> uh, back to the match, man. It was dope. I loved everything about it. I like how they had the referee dressed up like how they dressed up back in the day with the blue shirt and the bow tie. They had like the MSG. Uh, with Howard uh, Finkel, shout out to the Fink, rest in peace to Fink, uh, giving the entrance out there. They even filtered in like some crowd noise. They was filtering, I don't know if you noticed that, but they was filtering in I noise. See that. I see like, that. I like, I know the people behind them glad yeah, that, that glass they making that all loud. that noise. Yeah. So I did like how, that, how they blended that in. But um, it was a great match. I was highly entertained. Edge still has it. He can still go, man. It's like, what ring rust? That was his second match in 10 years, bro. Like, and he he, he did a fantastic job. And, and what else can you say about Randy Orton? I mean, this guy can play the hell out of his character. Yeah, he can. I mean, how many times do we look at Orton and you got to figure out, is he, he may be like this in real life. This might be how he walk around for real, for real, but he that's how much of a great job that he does. The match was overall great. I agree with PJ. I knew they was going to give it to Orton going in due to Edge winning at WrestleMania, which is going to set up a trilogy fight that we might not never get, you know, because now Edge is injured with a torn tricep, and uh, he's out indefinitely. But, um, you know, we talked about the match, and it was pretty good, but... uh. Like, just give me some quick thoughts on just Randy Orton. I don't feel like Randy Orton gets a lot of love. I don't think Randy Orton gets a lot of respect out here in the wrestling community. We've seen him now over 20 years in the sport. Yeah. The youngest world champion, I believe, ever. I believe he was the youngest world champion ever. So, what's your thoughts about the legend killer, Randy Orton? Man, I love uh, Randy Orton, man. He's, just like he said, his character, man, is amazing. Like you, you, you will always think, is he really like that? You know, but uh, I follow him on social media. So, and I know that he's not like that. He's a big family guy. Like he does everything with his kids, man. And, you know, to see him in his role in wrestling, man, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. Like DC, he was doing it. He's been doing it for 20 years, man. And I think, I really think the, uh, the WWE needs to do something for Randy Orton. Give him a storyline where he can compete for a title again or something, man. Because he didn't pay his dues, man. He paid his dues oh, yeah, yeah. for over 20 years, man. Like, I know he's run 
world titles, WWE championship. But I think it's time again for him to get another shot mm-hmm. and do something to see if he can put that gold around his waist again, man. Because every storyline or wherever the WWE needs him in and what he needs to do, he does it and comes through every time. I don't think it's never been any bad, bad segment or storyline with Randy Orton in it. Mm-hmm. But, man, I enjoy everything about Randy Orton, man, especially in this match. Uh, it, it, I, I gained a totally different respect for him, man, after this match, man, because he showed he emptied everything in this match, man, and I enjoy every bit of it. Yeah, Randy Orton, um, he a legend, man. He's a, he's a super, super legend, man, and, 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 I, I I can't say enough about him. You know, I remember when he first came in as Bob Orton's kid, you know, and he was like the, the first third generation star that was superiorly athletic. We seen The Rock. We seen other, you know, we seen uh, other, uh, maybe a couple more other athletic wrestlers. But Orton was just a freak of nature at the time, and he was destined uh, to be great. You know, we're talking about uh, a, 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 a multiple, we're talking about a 14-time world champion. Like, bro, like, we're talking about tag champ, U.S. champ. We're talking intercontinental champ, two-time Royal Rumble winner, money in the bank winner. Like, he's been uh, a triple crown winner, original triple crown winner. For those who don't know what that is, that means he was WWE champion. Intercontinental Champion and Tag Champion. That's the original Triple Crown. And it's not many of them. It's not many of uh that can say that. So, you know, Randy Orton is a legend, man. And like Black said, I do hope he gets another crack at winning uh another championship. Because his last reign, it wasn't that long, you know, but it was entertaining when he was champion. But I hope he does get another opportunity. And I would kind of love to see a a a, a moment where Maybe him and Drew McIntyre can yeah, get into it. I would love it. to see that. Yeah, him and Drew McIntyre can get into it. Or even him and Braun Strowman. Like, I would like to see him go up against mm-hmm. either one of those. And maybe with Edge being out, maybe we'll get to see the Viper yeah. uh, get another crack at one of those guys. So, shout out to the legend, Randy Orton. All right, man, we're going to transition into some boxing. Boxing is back. Uh, they had, uh, I believe, three cards so far within a week, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's kicked off last Tuesday night. But we want to talk about one a uh, boxer in particular, a superstar on the horizon, a just just a just a great young athlete, great young boxer. We're talking about none other than Shakur Stevenson, who uh put on a beautiful <laughs> show uh last Tuesday night. Like I want to kick it off, man. I want you to kick it off. Uh, what you think about Shakur Stevenson? What you think about the fight last Tuesday? And what do you see his potential? Man, this. <laughs> I've been watching this kid since the Olympics, man. And, you know, the Olympics will give you time to really see people who could be up and coming in boxing and in and, and, and martial arts in the Olympics. So mm-hmm. I got a good chance to see him uh, at the Rio, uh, the Rio Olympics in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And this kid, man, just blew, just blew me away. How he didn't win gold, I don't know. It was, it was startling to me that he didn't win gold, but he won a silver medal. Man, this kid, uh, nickname is Sugar. Steven Sugar, what is that? Uh, Stevenson, Shakur, Steve, Shakur, Shakur Sugar, Sugar Stevenson. Stevenson. So, man, this kid—he's from New Jersey. Yeah, man, he, he's a featherweight, and he owns the uh, the IB, the IBF featherweight title. Uh, he's from New York, New Jersey. He's fourteen and 0, 8 KOs, no losses, man. And uh, the fight last Tuesday night, man, the kid just put on a performance. What a way! 
to bring boxing back. And he tweeted before this fight. He was like, "Look, I'm I, I'm I'm coming I'm coming to seek and destroy. I'm coming to seek and destroy." And boy, did he do that! I promise you. Every punch he landed to sound like shotguns going off. <laughs> he hit this man to the body. It sounded like shotguns going off. And this kid, he wrote that body to who, the guy he was fighting. Man, that dude said, okay, that's enough. That's enough, man. Out of here. This kid is on the rise, man. And they even giving him comparison to Floyd Mayweather, where he was at. Like mm-hmm. him and Floyd together. At this point in Floyd's career, Floyd mm-hmm. didn't have a royal title. This kid does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. To see this kid doing the things that he is doing at the featherweight division, which he will not be at long, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, he's definitely going to move up. I like everything about him. He got power, defense. Mm-hmm. You know, he he just got hands, bro. He got he he got everything, and I I like this kid. And then he's with a good group of group a good group of guys, man. He's in the camp with Terrence Crawford and uh, Andre Ward. Is Andre Ward is his manager, mentor, manager, mentor, yeah. mentor manager. So. He's with a good good group of guys who's won a lot in boxing. And they know what it is to be a champ and win a lot in boxing. So yeah. I'm excited going forward for him. I can't wait till we see him back. And I'm ready for him to get some 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 of these big fights, man. If he keep going out on these road, get some of these big names, man. Let's see Shakur Stevenson, you know, get into that spotlight that we have the the uh Terrence Crawfords and the Earl Spence at, man. This kid is coming and he's gonna knock the door down. Yeah. Um I was so impressed uh, with Shakur Stevenson this past Tuesday night. That was my first time seeing him fight. And um, he was just beautiful in there. Like his style, the way he was throwing punches, the way he was rolling off punches, like to the body, to the head, his footwork. I was just kind of, I was not kind of, I was locked in because I was excited to see sports. So I watched that whole boxing card. But I was hearing all about this kid, the comparisons to Floyd Mayweather. The comparisons to Sugar Ray Leonard. Like, he got some comparisons out there. But you know what I'm most impressed with, Black? I was impressed with what he said. He said, when I was younger, yeah, you know, hearing Floyd Mayweather's name, I'm like, oh, man, like, yeah, you know, compare me to Floyd. But he's matured a little bit. He said, that's nice. That's fine. That's cool to hear. But I'm the first to kill Stevenson. I'm focused on myself. I'm focused on getting better. And there's a lot of, a lot of things I want to accomplish in this sport. And I really haven't even touched the surface. So it sounds like he's locked in. He yeah. don't sound like an Adrian Bronner who got a little head of steam <laughs> and start just wilding the hell out. You know, he sounds like a focused kid. He's 14 and 0. He's got a couple of titles under his belt. And, and the body shot that he put on <laughs> uh, Felix Carballo was goodness to graciousness. <laughs> and Black is right. The int- interesting thing that we get now, seeing these fights with no fans in UFC and boxing, you can hear the shots. You can hear the gloves touching the skin. And it's like, oh, oh. You know, it's like you can like feel. Like shotgun going yeah, off, you can feel. you can feel these punches as they're throwing. So Shakur Stevenson, if you just so happen to hear this, you got your new fan. You got your new fan in Desert L. Hicks Jr. And I'll be watching all your fights, man, because uh, like Black, I'm, I'm interested in Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence Jr. But I, I, got, I got to say this, Black. I like those guys. But I really like Shakur Stevenson. Okay. Like I was really entertained watching him and I and he got a he got a fan, man. Mm-hmm. He got a fan going forward uh in me. So y'all check out Shakur Stevenson. Y'all YouTube him. Go to toprank.com. There's a lot of stuff out there on the kid. Y'all watch, go watch the previous fight. It's out there. You can see it. And y'all check him out, man. We just want to show Shakur Stevenson some love here on the sports desk. All right, man. We're gonna get into some other news, man, and we are gonna get 
the entire hell out of here. Alright, so let's see what we got. Alright, Black, it's a, it's a bunch of a bunch of things here on other news that we got here. Let's pull it up. Well, unfortunately, Black, a lot of people are seeming to forget that COVID-19 is still out here. Including a couple of Dallas Cowboys. Oh. And one in particular. Star running back Ezekiel Elliott tested positive for the virus. Luckily, he's uh, asymptomatic and he says he's feeling great and he's quarantining at his house. But guys, the virus is real. And if y'all want football back, y'all want baseball back, y'all want everything trying to get back to normal, social distance, wash your hands, and be smart. Because obviously, a bunch of Dallas Cowboys and a bunch of Houston Texans want being smart. And these guys have the virus. So we'll see how that plays out. But everybody, please be safe because I know I need to be sitting somewhere on Sunday watching me some good old National Football League. All right. Also, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, man. Our boy from Florida State. Excuse me. From Light the. Day. Excuse me. From the Florida State University. It's holding out. But what you think about Cook holding out? Do you think he deserves uh, McCaffrey money? Uh, <laughs> man, Dalvin, I love you. I want to say, yo, Pay my man. dog. Just pay. Pay my dog. Just, just pay, pay him. him. He just had a him. hell of a year, man. Just pay him. He had a hell of a year, man. Just pay like him. Minnesota, he's been a great back for you, man. Thanks. Even though, and to come to come back and have a year like he had off of an ACL injury, y'all give him something, man. Y'all line the pockets right, man. Just pay my dog. All right, man. So I uh, hope that hopefully Dalvin Cook gets his money. He's not holding out long. All right, Black. Big news out of the UFC. UFC is full steam ahead, man. And they announced a mega card. July 11th from Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. We have for the strawweight championship. We got, uh, excuse me, for the bantamweight championship, we got Jan versus Aldo. The, the title was vacant from Henry Cejudo. And Jan and Aldo will be fighting for the title. I don't think Aldo should be fighting for the title. Jermaine, uh, Ultimate Sterling should be fighting for the title, but that's another conversation. We also have the rematch. Volkanovski versus Holloway 2. Mm. This is the right call. Yes, it is. But Holloway, Volkanovski put it on you in that last fight. He said he's coming out for the knockout this time, too. I, and I hope Holloway kind of gets it together because me and Black are huge fans of Holloway. And last but not least, we got welterweight champion Kamaro, the Nigerian nightmare, Usman, taking on Gilbert Burns. For the welterweight strap. And no, I didn't stutter. No, I didn't miss uh speak. And I know a lot of people were hoping I was going to say he was going to be facing um uh, Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal. Game bred Masvidal. And unfortunately, Black, he will not be facing him due to contract issues. And I just want to speak for all MMA fans. All UFC fans around the entire world, because this is a global sport. UFC slash Dana White, y'all got this wrong. This is not what we as fans want. And no disrespect to Burns, because he's a hell of a fighter and he's been on a hell of a run. But he does not deserve this spot before Masvidal. And me and Black... We're going to talk a little bit, of, bit of more about this next week. But we just wanted to put it out there. Dana White, we are not happy. All right. Another fight has been set for August the 15th. 
Daniel Cormier will be fighting his last fight. This is it. And he will be going for the world championship against Stipe Miocic in the rubber match. That's right. Cormier Miocic 3 set for August 15th. I can't wait for that. I am pulling yeah, I'm for Daniel for Cormier. And uh, Joe Rogan put out and said there's rumblings that this may be Miocic's last fight too. Oh, man. So this might be both of their last fights. Say Miocic is tired of getting hurt. He's had to have surgery twice after his last two fights with Cormier. So he's not really having that much fun being hurt. So this could be the last fight for both of these guys. And if it is, whoo, we might get some fireworks. Yes, definitely. All right. Uh, let's see. What the hell is going on in the heavyweight division in boxing? So we thought we were going to begin Anthony Joshua and, and Tyson Fury to unify the titles. We thought that was happening. We thought Deontay Wilder was going to have to wait. Well, turns out he's not going to have to wait. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are going to fight for a third time before Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury fight two times. That's right. They announced that they signed a two-fight deal, but Fury has to beat Wilder first. I don't get it, Black. What you think about that? Man, I've never heard that before. And then a friend of mine told me, man, he's never heard of that in boxing. Like, in my life. First signing a two-year deal before he had to fight, you know, before he had to fight the guy that he defeated already it's a crazy. third time. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. So this is my thing. Let's just say Fury, which I don't think he will. Let's just say Fury loses to Deontay Wilder. Is that fight still on the table? Nope. It is not on the table. I'm glad you said that. Because if Tyson Fury loses, Deontay Wilder is expected to step in. They're saying no matter what happens, the winner of that fight will face Anthony Joshua. That's what they they're saying. It. That's what they're saying. All right, what else we got? The NBA. So they're not testing for weed. They're not testing for weed. They can smoke all the weed they want. But now they're saying they're going to test for PEDs. So the NBA is going to now start testing for PEDs as early as next season. Wow. Also, the great, the legendary, the greatest point guard in NBA history, Magic Johnson, has a documentary on the way. Exciting. A full-fledged yeah. documentary on his entire career and his impact on basketball and his impact as a businessman in the culture as well. So excited to see that. We also got... um. The New York Yankees could be in a little bit of trouble, Black. While everybody was making fun of the Houston Astros for stealing signs, it looked like the New York Yankees could have been stealing signs in 2017. So now the courts are involved, and they want the information that is out there of the Yankees possibly stealing signs. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa. So we'll see what happens there. Again, shout out Dre, shout out Future, shout out, uh, you know, what time to be alive. You can get that everywhere. All right, man. So that's pretty much all we got today. Episode 63 of the Sports Desk. Black, you got anything before we get out of here? Uh, no, man. Just uh, excited. Thank, thank you. Thank you for all to all our listeners. Everybody who support us, man, we appreciate all the love here at the Sports Desk. Absolutely, man. It was, uh, I think this was a really good show, man. We got a chance to talk about some baseball, which me and Black will never watch again. Uh, but we know to talk about the 30 for 30, so I think it was a good one. And I also want to thank all of our listeners, all of our supporters, everybody who interacts with us, man. We appreciate y'all. Shout out Charles Evans for sending the soundbite. Shout out our wrestling correspondent, PJ, De- PJ Durrell, for giving us his take on Edge versus Orton last night. And, um, you know, we just, again, just appreciate all support. Uh, my name is Dedrick L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists. You can f- catch me on Twitter and on Instagram at Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. Y'all hit me up. Talk to me. Black, where can they find you? 
You can find me at on Instagram and Twitter at Black ENL3, man. Y'all hit me up, man. Yes, sir. And please go to Reduce Lunch Sports on Instagram. Drop us a comment. Drop us a line. I know, I know I am a bum. I know, I know we do not have the email ready for the voice notes, but it is coming. It is taking a little longer to put together than I anticipated. But you guys will have a platform to drop us voice notes, and uh, we'll play it here on the show, and we'll discuss whatever you got on your mind uh, concerning sports, all right? So this has been episode 63 of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk, and we'll kick it with y'all next week for episode 64. Y'all stay safe out there, man. Yo! New Sports Desk. You're listening to the Sports Show. He lied. He lied. He lied. He lied. New Sports Desk. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking?